The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight, sponsored by our friends at FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. And we have a brand new show for you uh, this year. We've got some interesting guests in the studio. Actually, we have two at once. So that's, that's a little different, but you'll see how it all uh, comes together. But I want to introduce, uh, first of all, Wendy Navarro. And Wendy, you've, you're kind of well known around here. You keep yourself pretty busy. I do keep busy. Yes, I love Hendersonville. Love that we're here. Yeah, yep. and and you know I think with all of the things that you're involved with, at which I don't know how you have time for it because you you do great on social media. Oh, I mean, thank I you. I think that's your thing, <laughs> that's right? Kind of our uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've been involved with the Hendersonville Chamber mm-hmm. uh, of Commerce here for for quite some time. Yes. I guess we should give some history on how, I guess, you became involved, the different groups that you've uh, been involved with. Yeah, absolutely. So I moved here with my family in 2014, and uh, we came from Southern California. We knew no one, and I had a business, an existing business, and I knew I needed to get connected. One of the things that I did was I reached out on social media, and I asked for other businesswomen and business professionals if, hey, you want to get together for coffee. We had an overwhelming response. We had a first meeting in my living room um, and this first meeting ended up being a monthly meeting actually every two weeks and then it became monthly and it was growing and as it was growing I was growing another business so I was on my second business running my first business as well and running the organization which now was becoming Sumner Women in Business all we we didn't have a title for it at that time As that was growing, I realized that the women are in our community are passionate, they they want more, and they want to be around other women who want more. Mm-hmm. And so what Sumner Women in Business became a thing. I couldn't do everything I was doing and do Sumner Women in Business well and give it the, the dedication and love that it yeah, needed yeah. and the support for the members. So I approached Kathleen Hawkins, who is the president and CEO of the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. She was brand new at the time. And I said, Kathleen, I need an organization behind this that's gonna help this grow because I either dissolve it or we make this really big and yeah. make it happen. And so we talked and she was all for it. She was like, let's do this. Let's make this a, a Hendersonville Chamber thing. And you know, you help us manage it facilitate it and let's just make it happen and that was in 2016 about two years after and it has become now 900 plus members online on our social media we have regular meetings every month every second tuesday of the month where we have 40 
50 women who show up. And then we have on fe- in February and in August, we have Women Impacting the Community Awards or Women Impacting the Community event where we're celebrating each other, celebrating successes, and really just um, identifying those women who are making a difference in the community. So with this, are they all chamber members? They're not. Uh, no, okay. No, they can be chamber members. They, can, they don't have to be chamber members. Of course, being part of the chamber and being a, a member of the chamber has incredible benefits and I recommend it for anyone who is a business owner or is looking to get into business or wants to be involved in the business community. Yes. Um, the chamber has so many benefits that it's very well worth the, f- the fees that are nominal. Sure. And, and you know, I think with the with chamber activities, in, mm-hmm. in order for it to be successful, obviously you have to participate. Absolutely. So if they're involved with the, we have these different, I guess they call them affinity groups now. Yes. And we'll talk more about the other groups here in a minute. You know, you were the kind of started this this whole thing happening and but people have to participate you have to get involved because people want to get to know you they they have to know you on a personal level it's not about hey i'm trying to sell to you no not at all they're they're working with you because you're you yeah not because what you do yeah being in business means that you have to be able to relate and you have to be relational with other people you have to care about not only what you do but the people that you work with and the people that you surround yourself with and that's where your success is going to come being a part of seminar women in business in name only is not going to do anything for you. You need to get to know other people and they need to get to know you in order for them to want to, like the whole acumen, know, like, and trust you and do business with you. Yeah. And you make new friends. You make the best friends. I will tell you that Seminar Women in Business is an organization of women who care about each other. They are all about supporting each other, providing resources to one another, giving professional and personal advice when it's asked for, and really just being uh, in a group of supporters. Well, you know, and, and I guess men are welcome. Sure. Women, women are required. Women are required. Men, men are, welcome. are welcome. You can come and, you know, you want to be a you know macho man, just being in a women's group, it's okay. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of contacts you can make there as well. There are, you know, and and just building those relationships and getting to know new people. Absolutely, yeah. and and our, like I said, our women are not only are they exceptional business women and business minded but they're just exceptional human beings. And I think that's why so many of our members are involved in other charities and, and wanting to give back in so many different ways. And honestly, I gotta tell you, with the whole Affinity Challenge, I really do believe that's why we are here today, because yeah. our women give back, and that is not secondary. That is a part of their nature. Absolutely, and and you know, a lot, since we moved up here, I think the one thing that I've just been blown away by is how Middle Tennessee comes together when people need help. Absolutely. You know, with the the amount of nonprofits, the, the the people that are doing great things in our community for kids, for people with disabilities, I mean, you name it. Hurricane, I'm not hurricane, we don't have hurricanes up here, but we have tornadoes <laughs> yeah. and we have storms and floods and things like that. And the community comes together. It does. And they yeah. bond together with this and people help out. And you know, it just makes you feel good. It, it does, and, and, and that is about Sumner County overall, Middle Tennessee overall, Hendersonville, you know, there's just really no better community I I can't think of. I mean, I came from Southern California. We had a great community there. But honestly, the way that this community gives back and volunteers and does time is it speaks volumes. Absolutely. So you're the one that started all this. Yes. You bought all the Californians. Well, I was Middle Tennessee. They followed you. See what an impact you have. You didn't know that, I bet. Eight years ago, who would have thought? (laughs) 
and now we have California, Tennessee. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But they're, they're, Californians are good people. I'm going to stick up for my California people. I really am because they really are good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many great things going on. You know, at the chamber, I mean, they're constantly trying to to build businesses. We're growing the chamber. Yeah. It's of course the the largest chamber in Sumner County, mm-hmm. and they're doing great things. And I think it's because of the great people yeah. that we have on board. Yeah, and, and people want to help each other. That's that's the good thing. I when I first started, you know, getting women together, it wasn't because I was even had any intention of this growing into what it is currently. I really just wanted to get to know people. I wanted to know what was happening in the community that I wasn't familiar with. And um, I realized that in order to make anything happen, I need to know who people are and what's important to them. Right. And it just snowballed from there. It was honestly, it was the perfect storm, right place right time and uh, people were hungry for it women were hungry for it we had nothing like seminar women in business at the time at all you had to go down to Nashville to get anything like this well you know I have some inside information what is that? You know, Kathleen actually started a women's organization many years ago. Yes. That started when you started telling it it was like almost identical couple of women got together, started this thing, and it just started to blossom. And all these spiders kept going out and all these different groups from Orlando area all the way across to California, all across this country. Mm -hmm. We had chapters uh, of of women wanting to network together and and build relationships. And women are are better at building relationships, I think, than guys, just because of your nature. But it became so successful, and in the fact we have this this movement, if you will, the Mm -hmm. women's movement going on, it's so important, I think, to to, to business, because there are so many great women business owners that that are out there, and you're there to help them. Yeah, 100%, and that's what the beauty is, is that we are there to help each other and are there to support each other. um, one of the things that we, you know, tell everyone all the time is that this is not a group where you want to get catty because we are not that group. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a group of women professionals and women business owners who are there to support each other and to cheer each other on through our successes and, you know, lift each other up when we're at our lowest points as well. So it's truly all about making sure that we are doing what's right for each other and just being a positive source and resource in the community. So do you remember any challenges that you were facing at the early onset of forming this group? What were some of the things you ran into? Well, you know, some, when we first started doing it, of course it was free. We, you know, we were just meeting and it started in my living room and then we started outgrowing that and then went to restaurants and everything. Then it got to a point where I was like, well, you know, if we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it right, there's gonna have to be a fee. And mm-hmm. that fee is gonna have to help cover any expenses that I have. Sure. And, you know, at first I thought, oh gosh, this is going to be hard to charge somebody for something that was going on for free. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to be hard. I had maybe two people who had any quips about it at all. Otherwise, everyone was like, that is so worth it. I'm in. Wow. Yeah. They see the value of it. They see the value of it. And we have women who are part of that core group that have been with us ever since. I was just going to say that. six years that they've been with us. And they're staying aboard. A hundred percent. And they're our biggest cheerleaders. And you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're seeing the benefit of, of being involved in it. Absolutely. And of course, when you you know have all of these things that are going on at the chamber, you have this group going on. And how did the, the other affinity groups kind of 
start formulating? Well, I think they recognize the value and the impact of bringing a group of like-minded people together to do good for each other. Mm -hmm. And so then we had uh, Sumner Men in Business started, and that was led by uh, Matt Monahan and William Stiles, and they got a group of men together and started meeting every month, and and they started doing, they also did an event Mm -hmm. um, like we have with our Women Impact in the Community, and the reason was because they saw the impact that it had on the community members and the business organizations around town. Um, Then we also have Young Professionals, which is a great dynamic group, and I believe Ryan Carver is the one who's heading that up now. When you can get like-minded individuals together who have a common bond, there is really no stopping it. There is so much synergy that you can really expand on the knowledge and the wealth of information that will come from that group to help everyone. Well, then there's no question that getting together with other like-minded business folks can really help you build your business. I mean, there's no no question about it. And... But you're doing so many uh, great things. What early on? What what are some of the early on stories? You got any secret stories you can think of? Well, the secret. Put me on the spot here. Put me on the spot. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. When you just mentioned that, you know, it's a great way to grow your business. Navarro Creative Group, which is my business, my digital marketing business, was not something that I had at the time. I had a e-commerce boutique that I had started in 2006. Some of my Navarro Creative Group started as a result of me getting to know other people in business, other women in business, and them knowing what I did to have a successful online store, which was you know social media and websites. They started asking me for help. That's what it, how it started. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a business, Navarro Creative Group at the time. And as I started just helping people with their online presence, I wasn't charging anything. It grew into people wanting to ask me more. And finally, somebody said, can I pay you to do this for me? Yes. And I was like, I really don't even know what that looks like. Honestly, I had no idea. It wasn't something that was in my mind. So I said, let me get back to you. (laughs) I said, I don't know. And so I got back to her two weeks later after thinking about it, talking about it with my family. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, here's what I would charge you per hour because I thought, well, I'll just do this on an hourly basis. And from there, as she started seeing results, other people came to me and she referred other people to me. And now we have, since 2015, Navarro Creative Group. I stopped my other business. I sold my other business and just started focusing on this. And this is where I am now. And it's been an incredible journey. And I get to help those businesses that I love and those yeah. people that I love, you know, who are the business owners. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with the, the contacts you make at the chamber. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people don't realize how important that is. It is to make these contacts, but to, to build a relationship, first of all, yes, let people get to know you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you'll confirm this. It's not about meeting somebody the first time, shoving a business card in their Goodness, face and no. expect they're going to call you because nope. that's not how it happens. You're going to, de- you're going to reflect from that. They're going to refract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember many years ago, I led one of the largest leads group in the chamber in central Florida and we met in the mornings, but people would come and they would say, yeah, I came, but yeah, I didn't get anything out of it. And yeah. I said, how many times did you come up? Well, just once, but I didn't, I, I didn't get anything. So there you go. Yeah. There's there's your problem. You have to make those contacts and build a relationship. So yeah. we have a lot more to talk about. Yes. And we have a, a special guest oh, right here. We wonderful need to guest. Introduce. Yeah. We're going to find out. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Taylor Rowe. Woo-hoo. We'll be talking with her right after this with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class 
world-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. Well, welcome back this Sunday morning to Summer County Spotlight uh, with your host, Jeff Shannon here. We're going to bring in a new guest here. Well, she's been here the whole time during this interview, but uh, we wanted to introduce her formally, and we have Taylor Rowe right here. She's been on our show before, and uh, of course, she is the founder of Live Love Nashville, a 501c3 nonprofit charity. She really does a great job on helping children and making them feel loved. That's that's so important. So welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you back. And you know, a lot of things has, has probably happened since you were last on. So why don't we just tell people how you came about uh, with Live Love Nashville, how it got started and, and really what its mission is. Yeah, so Live Love Nashville was founded back in 2017 and I just started because I had two friends that were teachers and they were actually asking for donations for their children during Christmas time for things like socks and hygiene items and warm pajamas and coats. And I was honestly a little oblivious to the fact that children in our community needed things like that. And that I know that makes me sound ignorant, but it truly was just such a need that I did not know existed. And so the more I found out about this need, the more I kind of dug in, the more I realized that I had to do something. I had to try to make a little bit of an impact, the little that I could. I was living paycheck to paycheck myself at the time though. I could not just go and buy all of these children what they needed. So I just put some things on Facebook and reached out for help to see if anybody would want to help me. And the, response as Wendy said earlier it was just overwhelming people yeah. just poured into this they wanted to help they just didn't have the outlet to help they were similar to me I think that they didn't know of how to help what to do and so it just really snowballed from there and then people were asking okay we did this Christmas what are we going to do next and I didn't have a plan I didn't have a next I did not know what the next was going to be but I knew that I was going to find out something because I knew that if there was such a need for Christmas there was going to be a need every other month of the year as well absolutely how did you come up with the name live love Nashville it's funny because I was actually looking for a gift for a friend um, with the Nashville skyline on it and I couldn't find any that I liked they were all really just kind of boring and Mm. I was like oh I don't know what happened really just a bell went off in my mind but I knew that I could maybe design a shirt that said with the Nashville skyline on it Mm -hmm. and I could give all of the proceeds to charity I could give it to the cause because I wanted people to be able to have something in return for their donation so they could buy a shirt and they could get the donation back and live love Nashville just came to me one day I was looking at a sign that said live laugh love and I was like I live in Nashville. I love Nashville. I love my community. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Well, that's great. And so early on, I mean, anytime you start something new, it, there's just a lot of hurdles to jump through. Were you faced with a lot of red tape? Uh, you know, with the nonprofit thing, you have certain rules you have to follow, I guess. But Yes, I definitely learned a lot of things backwards in the hard <laughs> way. I think I did a lot of things before. I did not have my horse in front of the carriage. <laughs> it was kind of... Um, chaotic but in the end it all worked out and it was fine because people truly the their hearts were in the right place I think my heart was in the right place and it ended up being okay I think looking back I would definitely be sure and hire almost a team of people to help with your getting started because it 
it's definitely a lot harder to go back and absolutely do it later now have you formulated like a board of directors and i mean i guess you have to have something like that in place yes so i have a group of six women that are amazing wonderful board of directors that help me that are behind the scenes they're not in front of the scenes and a lot of people don't see how hard and how truly amazing these women are and such a help and such you know they have great ideas they just to bounce ideas off of each other too and to get opinions and you want to help everyone but in the nonprofit world I think that's the hardest part is you can't and so they are behind the scenes kind of figuring out where we can spend our money what we can help what the greatest need is currently now with the the need of all these children and I'm just shocked how many homeless children Yep. are in Middle Tennessee. I mean, in the numbers Sumner are County alone, crazy. I think it's 258 258. See, people wouldn't realize that. They don't, they don't realize that the kids are going to school hungry. Yep. They don't have clothes to wear. Yep. They see at school they have, you know, free meals now, and they're also supplying free school supplies for the students. But that doesn't evolve into the summer months. That doesn't evolve into the weekends. That doesn't translate into so many other aspects of their life like some kids school is their safe place it's where they are fed it's where they are loved it's where they are they feel most secure now early on were there any individuals that just i mean they had to tug at your heart i mean their stories in a lot of cases like in our experience in the foster care system some of the stories would make you cringe big time but when you're facing these children that have all of these needs and the families too um, and families are struggling you have a mental health crisis going on right now with all of these these kids and then add that on top of it to help it magnifies their issues uh, the fact that you can come about and and help some of this but you you had to meet some individuals early on that just you know tugged at you and just made you move forward even faster Absolutely. So year two, we did um, a Christmas giveaway as well. And there were some little boys and they were elated over toothbrushes, toothpaste and dental floss. They'd never seen dental floss before. They didn't know what it was. And they were so excited over that. Some other little girls were so excited over slime and a fidget spinner. You would have thought you'd given them a million dollars right there. And just seeing them so overfilled with joy over something that even my children would probably just be like, what is this? Okay, fine. That's okay. And they would not have that same reaction. It just truly was just so, it just tugged at my heart so much. And you hear so many stories and it's just, we are truly so blessed. I think we get spoiled, right? We get In our society, we get spoiled. We you know, take things for granted like it's, you know, nothing. But when you go and you actually get a reality check and you see this family or these kids going through what they're doing, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're doing what you're doing because we need all the help we can get. Absolutely. There was, um, I think it was two years ago, a foster um, care situation. These There was eight children total and they were living in a storage unit. And it was right here in Sumner. See, and people don't don't realize that, you know. And we have a lot of nonprofits uh, in the area that are helping, you know, kids in foster care, the homeless, and things of that. But we just need more. I mean, because mm-hmm. one organization can't do it all. But everybody that's, that's banding together and, and helping, and the school system getting in place. I mean, offering the free school meals at at, at Sumner County Schools is is incredible. But, but there's just a lot of work that needs to be done, and you're making a, a great impact. 
Are you doing things to promote Live Love Nashville? I know you have a concert coming up. We do have a concert coming up (laughs) on May 24th. It is with Diamond Rio, and it's right here in Hendersonville at Saunders Ferry Park. Um, Tickets are only $25. We have a VIP bundle, which is two tickets for $100. We are hoping that this is going to be a great event, a great turnout, a great fundraiser to help us continue our mission and helping these children in our community. Um, and we would hope that all of y'all would come and hang so out So this with is us. Sanders Ferry Park, and this is on May? Tuesday, May 24th. May 24th. And, and we're promoting that here. We have the guys talking about it. We're, we're talking Thank it up. Thank you. We, <laughs> people, well, you got Diamond Rio, and some of the guys live here and everything, and they're, they sound like a – I've always loved their their harmonies. I mean, just great. And They're incredible. You know, I, I hope I'm in town because we're Me too. supposed to be making a trip. <laughs> down to Florida. Oh, well, I don't know. See go what's to the 25th. Happen. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a great uh, concert out there. You've got a great venue. I mean, Sanders Ferry Park is just wide open. Plenty of room to park. you got to have anybody else on the show? Got to... Yes. So we have Peyton Smith, who is a local right oh, from yes. here. He is opening for us. We are also going to have a tribute to Johnny Cash's what would have been his 90th birthday to celebrate his legacy. And then we have Jesse Keith Whitley as well that is going to come and play with so, us. Yeah, wow, it's going to be a be a great event. And you have plenty of room, so bring plenty a chair. Plenty of room. Bring, bring all chair, of your blanket. friends, bring your family, bring chairs, bring blankets. and. <laughs> are you going to have vendors out there or food trucks or that yes. kind of thing? Yes, so we are going to have about seven food trucks. We're also going to have a ton of vendors. We're going to have a kid zone and just a ton of face painters, balloon artists, bouncy houses, all the things. So fun for the whole family. So well, I challenge you, this is your challenge. You gotta make this happen and I need video of it. We need to get uh, Andy Gilly in the bounce house, <laughs> bouncing around yes. with, without a hat. He can't Ooh. wear his hat. Ooh. I don't know, that part might be harder than getting him in the bounce house. <laughs> yeah, I can see his face. Hat off. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, you never know. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a, a great time. And uh, have you? You've been in other involved in other concerts in the past, have you not? Yes. Last year we did a Jay and Zeke concert at the same venue, um, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely incredible. I think there ended up being over twelve hundred people there, and we raised a ton of money for that organization. And we were just so proud and to see the community truly come together for such a tragic, heartbreaking sure. um, event that happened. Happened. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful night. So here's my question. Can people donate cash to you? Absolutely. We love cash donations, <laughs> check, PayPal, credit card. Um, yes, livelovenashville.org is our website. There okay. is a donate button on there. We're also very involved in Facebook and um, social media. So please follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what events we're doing, what we are currently raising money for, and how you can get involved and help us help our community. So on the, the website, I know you, you've had merch up there, but it's been so popular, you've just sold out of everything. This is amazing. We have you new can't merch keep it in coming. Stock. Wow, that's, I mean, that's great. New merch it's great coming. you can sell out. I mean, that's, yes. you know, that got to keep the vendors uh, working 24 <laughs> hours a day. Yes. And no, it's not a sweatshop. We don't have those here in no. Tennessee. <laughs> but you have, it, this is, you know, really some nice uh, merch you got here, so. Thank you. It'll be back in stock We will stock have soon. lots at the concert, too. So, that, yeah. That's going to be great. And all 100% goes to the, the nonprofit. Uh, it does, yep. yes. All of the funds will go directly to the charity and support us. Um, and so we are very adamant about 
trying to show people exactly where their money is going and being spent. Um, we like to give tangible items instead of just checks to other people as well, just so you truly know that your money is going to where we say that it is yeah. going to. You know, when you, you're taking these donations, so if, if people wanted to don- donate clothing items or shoes, do you have some requirements for that? that it has to be new, right? You don't we want do, hand-me-downs. Yes, we do require new stuff currently okay. just because hand-me-down stuff with COVID, a lot of the True. people do not want hand-me-downs anymore. Um, there is a lot of great organizations that will still take them, though, so I encourage you to try to find um, somewhere yeah. that will. But we like new things. Um, new shoes, especially underwear, socks, are really big for the schools, especially, because if kids have accidents, they need to replace those, and so those are a great, great need. You know, a couple of years ago when we had the tornadoes come through with Lebanon and all that area, it was just devastated. And, you know, and, and Wendy, you were probably involved in this somehow, but the, at the chamber, we were able to gather all of these truckloads, I mean, complete U-Hauls filled with items, anything wow. you can think of. Yeah. That's toothpaste, like you said, toothpaste, uh, floss, toilet paper, towels, wipes, baby diapers, all of yeah. that, that people stood up and, and were able to, to help. And we delivered six truckloads wow. uh, throughout Middle Tennessee with all of these needs. And it, was, it just felt good. That's you're amazing. helping us out. It, it was phenomenal. It, it really amazing. was. And, you know, when you're doing these things together and with you guys, now you've, you've kind of teamed up. Mm-hmm. So here we go. We, we've been waiting long enough. So let's find out about this challenge we had going on. <laughs> oh, it was so exciting. So the chamber reached out to each of the affinity groups and um, asked us if we would be interested in having a chamber charity challenge. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you have something that sounds so fantastic, how could you say no? <laughs> yeah, um, right. And so what uh, each of the chamber charities uh, or each of the chamber affinity groups, the Seminar Women in Business, men, uh, Seminar Men in Business and Young Professionals, each chose a charity to support. And um, we had our group vote for their favorite charities and then we narrowed it down because I'll tell you our women are so involved that this was the hardest part (laughs) was trying to figure out how are we going to narrow this down when there's so much passion for our local organizations and charities but we were able to do that and we chose Live Love Nashville and uh, what we were able to do is uh, get uh, women together and men and their families join at Saunders Ferry Pizza in Hendersonville and the proceeds from the takeout orders, from the orders placed then, and even donations directly for people who weren't going to be ordering, uh, went directly to Live Love Nashville. And Sumner Women in Business won this charity challenge. And we were so excited to be able to say that we won and be able to present to Live Love Nashville the, the funds that will help so many people that they help. So the women uh, whooped some butt in a we good way. Did. In a good way, <laughs> we did. I mean, everybody, c- you know, contributed. It, it all Absolutely. went to the different charities: Grace Place and what was the other Ashley's Ashley's Place. place. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it all goes to help folks, and 100%. the fact that you were able to to pull this together. Quickly, too. Yes. And so, hey, in the future, we can start promoting it earlier and get a lot of people involved. And, hey, it's all about helping. 
It's all about helping, bringing people together for a good cause. It was so much fun. And of course, there's no, even though we say it's a challenge and there was competition, we, it was friendly competition. Yes. <laughs> you know, we love our colleagues in each of those groups. I mean, we're all in this together. Um, and to be able to raise the funds that we were able to raise in such a short period of time for all three charities, yeah. um, just goes to show again the heart of the people here Absolutely. in the community wanting to give back. And in closing here, I got to give a big shout out to Eddie Anderson over at Sandersbury Pizza. Uh, Eddie is always a great supporter of the community yes. and just a stand-up guy. Does not want to come on the radio. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't like taking pictures either, well, but we got yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, well, you got a lucky one. That's, <laughs> no, but Eddie is super. And Eddie, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do for the community. Yes. So thank listen, you, group, thank you so yes. much for, for coming in and let's uh, talking about this. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment. And we're going to have a lot more coming your way. So stand by with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. All right, here we go with another segment of Sumner County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon, on this Sunday morning. And we have a new guest here in the studio. I want to introduce to you Anthony Petit. He's the Executive Director of Foster Families Assistance Network. Now, he founded this nonprofit back in 2016, right? 2016, yes, sir. And he and his family have fostered and adopted children right out of the foster care system. So you have some knowledge of this process. I do, yes. We were fostered to adopt ready for almost a year before we got our children. So let's stop right there tell what foster to adopt means because okay. there's, there's the difference there um there is essentially we weren't your typical foster family where they come in they stay for a certain amount of time while a reunification type of plan goes on and then they go back to their bio family or wherever that takes sure. them uh, for us if we brought kids into our home the goal was for us to adopt them so, so that means they were ready the, the parents rights are terminated the, the paperwork's in line it's they're ready for adoption yes that's the foundational yeah. plan of that, yes. How did that process go when did you, you decide, hey, we're, we want to adopt? Okay, so um, we had raised two children of our own okay. out already. and uh, So you knew what you were getting into. <laughs> we knew what we were getting into, uh, and for some reason we were missing that. Yeah. <laughs> so so we wanted to go a route that, to, to be quite honest, I didn't know much about foster care. My, my wife did most of the uh, research into that. I just kind of said, yes, ma'am, and followed along. Yeah. You know, they come in, they do a home study, interviews. It's, it's pretty thorough process you know and they they ask a lot of questions they take a look at your housing situation and they're pretty thorough on that they're they're pretty they uh, are thorough pretty sensitive and you have to take parenting classes and behavioral Correct. therapy kind of training Correct. and all of that right uh, now there is a to expound on your point there is a form i always called it a menu it was hard to fill out where you yeah. you kind of select what you're what you're able to take in your home to your point if they're medically fragile or uh special needs or mm -hmm. you know whatever what kind of traumas race they, i mean it's, uh, you're right there's a there's a, there's a yeah, yeah, litany yeah. of things on there it's pretty thorough yeah. uh, and it's hard to check those boxes or not check those boxes <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know your capabilities right it, you know some people can handle certain traumas and there are foster care families that are trained in trauma-based programs all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. it gets pretty deep but uh, so for us we did that and then we were approved for almost a year uh, before we got our placement but we had opportunities along the way to get placements uh, but they they either found other homes or what have you it just didn't work out sometimes it was just, we were all four sibling groups we i think we 
Jenna, it's been a while. It's been seven or eight years. So I think we put in that we could take up to four kids. Of course, you have to have sleeping arrangements for that. Uh, So they they verify all those things. So we got anywhere from two kids to four kids offered to us at various times. Mm -hmm. And they either worked out or didn't for whatever reason. By the time we got our two children, it was October of 2014. Basically, they called us and we had a day to think about it, kind Mm -hmm. of. Uh, We drove up and met the children at the uh, DCS office uh, somewhere in East Tennessee. Met with the children. And I mean, I think you and I talked about it before we started. Once you meet (laughs) meet the children. Yeah, it's a done deal. Uh, We we were, then we were like, man, I hope they pick us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we get home and within a couple hours, we got a call. Hey, the foster family that they were with was not an adoptable foster family. So, but they, so they had some, some leeway on where the kids went. Yeah. Uh, or some decision in that. Uh, they decided to go with us, so we basically went the next day and, and picked them up, and they've been been with us ever since. You know, Anthony, I think the, the one powerful thing about all this, and I think a lot of people don't realize, it costs you zero dollars to adopt. That we've, is, we've adopted three, you've had uh, two, zero dollars. Now, and we found that out the hard way because we were gonna go through private adoption, mm-hmm. and you had to do the, the thing, so it's like a, a book of your life, and you present it, to, and they, pick it and find people and it's costing you twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars yeah. depends if you have to travel across the, the world to, to bring these children but we have so many kids that need adopted need home families right now in our area yes yeah, that's so where we need to focus so there's almost nine thousand in tennessee in the system yeah um, now, not all of them are adoptable. That's, yeah. that's not their plan. But there's a website that you can actually look at the adoptable children yeah. in Tennessee. You know, that changes daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, parental rights get terminated every day. Yeah. It's it's a it's a stressful place to be. But to your point, it is 100% free yeah. <laughs> uh, <And> to do. <laughs> medical, dental, eye care. It's all taken care covered. of. Covered. Yeah. You know, all of that. And if, if, if the child does have some need medically, covered. It's all covered. And, uh, you know, they get free. Uh, well, in, in the state of Florida. Florida. They had free college tuition to any Florida state school, but we have Tennessee Promise up here, so it kind of, I guess, balances out that way. But I know for for us, that was we asked about that, and they didn't have Tennessee Promise when we did this eight yeah. years ago. I don't think mm-hmm. so, and that was one thing we asked about, and they said, "Yeah, state school, they're yeah. they're good to go." So there's there's different levels of foster care: level one, two, three. I'm not sure if there's a four, but the higher the level, the the more needs that they mm-hmm. have. So sibling groups are automatically a level two. All things being equal, one kid to two kid, you automatically get the the extra level, which puts you in a different support category sure. from the state. So. Absolutely. And a lot of times, I mean, the, the main goal is to, to keep the family unit together. So if there's two or three brothers, they want to keep everybody together as much as possible. Sometimes yeah. that doesn't work out. That's really their goal to start with. That is that is a, a chief goal. You hear that a lot. That, and they try to find uh, foster families, especially when there's sibling groups of three, four, five. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's sibling groups of six out there uh, finding a family uh, that can take all six. We, we actually, when we were doing this, we had some friends going through it at the same time and we had an agreement that if the, if it was like six kids we would we would split them yeah that way we could keep them close together yeah just close together sure. and and knowing each other and and have that just because house size we didn't have room for six kids uh but and neither did they so yeah. so we just had that plan with them and sure. anyway so well i think adopting is is the thing that a lot of people are really looking 
too. And it is a way to, to help these kids. And there's a, a, a lot of great nonprofits that are out here to help in these, these kids. And when you starting the Foster Families Assistance Network, let's go into that and tell, how did that come about? What made you decide to do it? And what is the, the mission? So so you're kind of playing on my heartstrings. There we that's go. Okay. So <laughs> we adopted April 14th, 2015. Everything was great for a while, but, but after a certain point, I just felt like I had, you know, stuck my hands into the system and taking these two wonderful kids out and now what? I mean, there's still 8,700 plus, sure. you know, 9,000 kids in the system. Uh, obviously, I can't foster them all. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I was struggling with some sleep. So I, I got up one, one night, two or three in the morning and I thought, okay, enough of this. I got my notepad out. I'm a I'm a list writer, sat down and just brainstormed anything that would come to my mind. And what what came out of it was the only place we really struggled. As I mentioned, we only had two days to prepare. So we didn't have strollers, car seats, clothes. You don't you don't know what you're getting. So you can't just stock your house with all this stuff that may or may not work. So, you know, we didn't have uh, beds necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we had a very short amount of time to get stuff together. Now, earlier you said, um, you know, the state covers all these Mm-hmm. things those are long-term things they're covering yep. in the short term that first 30 days to 45 days you're not getting you know the paperwork just hasn't gone from a to b to b to c to get you money and and support so that was the only place we struggled so my idea was to create a network using social media essentially mm-hmm. facebook is yeah, yeah. where i'm heavy at and when a foster parent reaches out to me and they say hey uh, last night at midnight two kids showed up we don't have anything <laughs> right and that happens all the time <laughs> All the time. That's primarily what I deal with. And um, so what we do is then I just post those needs on on my page. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have about 2,400 people that follow that right now. So what happens is I become the the gatherer of items. Right. And then I deliver to the family. It just makes everything and it a costs them easier. Nothing. It costs them nothing. Yeah. See, I mean, that, that, what an amazing feat. I mean, that is because I've been there. I know ours wasn't quite as dramatic as that. But when you get a call for a newborn, yeah. you don't have a newborn car seat. You have to yeah. take it from the hospital or newborn clothes or yeah. diapers or any of that. They get a couple little things and that's it. But uh, what a great resource to have. It has proven way more. It's kind of twofold. <laughs> it's way more successful than I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it's way more successful because there's so much need for yeah. for the support. There's there's not a lot. There's plenty of foster closets and and you know church groups and and schools have a foster closet, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of needs that don't get. It's not just clothes, right? So sure. we've given anywhere from you know we we had one family years ago that she had a language barrier and they were asking me if I could come up with a laptop where they could communicate and change the and she wanted to communicate. Her family was from a different country. And she wanted to communicate with her bio family and they they just didn't have the funds and the state wasn't going to give them a brand new computer or whatever. And somebody donated one brand new. People are great around here with that. Oh, yes. Yes. The community has been, uh, well, just exceptional. We we have not struggled with anything. And I get a lot of requests for bunk beds uh, because sibling groups and you can put, you know, two or three kids in a room as long as they have separate sleeping mattresses. It's hard to realize that these kids need all of this, but they're, they're coming in with nothing. Right. Sometimes in older kids, they come with a 
trash bag, little yeah. ones, you know, little bit bags, whatever. They have nothing. You and I know the folks over at um, Love for Music City, Shanda and, and Crystal, are doing an amazing job to help these foster kids get the things that they need. I mean, daily yeah. essentials and things like yeah. that. So another resource, I don't know, I know you've worked with them and they're doing a f- phenomenal job, but you're taking this to a, another level it, and it really is. helping out the, the, the parents and the foster parents and the, to, to help make all this possible. Part of the part of the mentality I try to carry around is uh, foster children are not second class children, right? Exactly. So they want the same things and deserve the same things that that my kids have. Mm-hmm. The necessities, clothes, and and all that. Yeah, I can take care of that. Uh, but does anybody really think about uh, a helmet and knee pads and a bike? Uh, they don't have that. They're moving, sometimes they're moving house to house, counties to counties. All those things get lost in the shuffle and now we're just trying to meet the basic needs. And I try to build relationships with my foster parents that reach out to me. I've got several that are, you know, they're long-term foster placements. They're not adoptable yeah. uh, and they need help every year. They yeah. need they need things and kids grow, right? So I give those initial clothing, whatever I give them. If it's a pair of shoes, well, how long does a, a 14 year old boy last in a pair a of shoes yeah right so uh, and you know I, I i had one child that his shoe size was 13 and a half and then you don't you don't find those very he, readily right, right and they're not cheap no and he's he's a obviously a, a big child he's six three six four 15 years old or whatever and yeah. uh, wears a size 13 and a half so those shoes aren't lasting a couple months and then foster parent is kind of stuck right there again so we don't just help and i guess my point to that is we don't just help on the front side i try to build those relationships where they can keep coming back to me anytime they need. And and a lot of them, uh, the kids come in, they're there for a couple months, and then they get a new set of kids or whatever the case is. So So a great resource. Um, We're going to take a break real quick. We're talking with Anthony Poteet, the Executive Director of the Foster Families Assistance Network. And what's your website? Fosterfamiliesassistance.com. And on Facebook? just Facebook is at FFAN16. All right, we're going to come back and talk more with Anthony right after these words. And we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Hey, glad you found us here on this Sunday morning for Summer County Spotlight. We're going to continue our conversation with Anthony Poteet, the Executive Director of Foster Families Assistance Network. You and I were talking off air that there is so much involved in this and so much to cover and not enough time, I guess, to really do it. So let's get right down to it uh, on how your network works and how you need help with this and how people right. can get involved. I believe I, I spoke earlier about mm-hmm. uh, how many people are on our on our site. Basically, a foster parent will reach out to me. I do work with some agencies, you know, private foster care agencies and stuff like that, or they're contracted under DCS, and they can reach out to me and they basically just tell me what they need. I kind of get, now most of this is confidential, right? Sure. So, so when I'm posting, I can say, you know, six-year-old girl, we need you know, size this, size sure. this, size this, they like unicorns. That may be all the information anybody ever gets. Mm-hmm. But in that case, I... I essentially set up where I will do porch pickups or meet in parking lots or whatever. It's it's kind of a really feet on the ground, doing dirty work kind of thing wow. to get it done. But the, the whole purpose there is to make life for the foster parent a little easier where they don't have to worry about that. So I spent a lot of time just saying, hey, that's what you need. Think of anything else, let me know. Yes. I'll take care of it. Give me 24 hours, give me 30, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Give me 36 hours to raise that. I do keep a couple storage units full of stuff. What we don't keep are and and where we where we run into the most trouble is beds which is 
Fair enough, right? Mm-hmm. Most people aren't just donating the bed they have in their house. That's not, it's hard to do that. Most times the mattresses aren't aren't where they need to be or whatever the case may be. So sure. up till about a year and a half ago, I was more on the uh, gimme stuff donations. Uh, we, we have kind of moved into the we need funds in reserve donations because we do get the request for some expensive stuff like uh, like beds. I think we've we've asked for enough beds in the county. I feel like we've taken all the extra beds already. There's none left. So now we're back to uh, having to purchase them, which can get pretty expensive pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a link on our site for PayPal, Venmo. Most of my posts include that in it as well. So they can't donate cash. Yes, that that can one hundred percent be done. We are five hundred one c three. We are we are legal. <laughs> we have a board. We we do function as a nonprofit. It's not just one one guy running. I mean, I am the one guy running around doing it, but <laughs> but we have yeah. some oversight within our organization. Basically, as far as help, anybody that wants to be involved, it's it's real simple. You like and follow our page. That way, when I do post, I I try to keep posts not just on the negative side because that just defeats people sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so when I have positive stories or things work out a certain way, I love to post those occasionally. Well, if you look at our Facebook page, uh, there's a, the photo on there is my hand holding a little baby's hand. Uh-huh. And that was a, uh, that was a, that was a tough situation, but I delivered to this foster parent's house and she had this little baby and I was just I just was holding her hand. I thought, well, that'd be a great picture. And I snapped it. And that's become our, the face, really. My my business card, I, I, we helped a family out. And um, she sent me a thank you card. And she had taken a footprint of the baby and put it inside the card. So that's what's on my business card. So it's, it's uh, there are some rewarding avenues, obviously. It's Absolutely. not all just doom and gloom. But um, well, there's a lot with what you do and the magnitude of the amount of kids that are in the, in the system right now, just waiting for a family. They just want to yeah. get things back to normal and in some cases might take a lot longer a lot of kids are coming into this system through no fault of their own they they're blaming themselves on a lot of this case and that's not so with organizations like yourself you're helping it to make it easier on them to get through this situation our our original mission statement was simply to provide goods right Uh, but what we've kind of grown into is a resource of information i have tons of contacts across the state at this point Uh, so for example uh, just recently somebody moved into tennessee out of state and uh, found found our website. I've I've hooked her up with people I know in the therapy community. Just stuff she didn't know coming in. And there's not a centralized location to get those resources necessarily. Sure. So we've been able to to get her some quick resources to help with situations she's moving in with already, and potential to become even more invested in the foster community. Yeah. Uh, not everybody can be a foster parent. That's it's, right. It's not. You but know. You can still help out. You can donate. But there's tons you, of ways you to can, help. You can volunteer. 100%. Uh, different events Um, yeah well let me say this we also run a holiday gift program every year where we supply complete wish lists for the the children two years ago we we provided complete wish list for 43 kids wow so my goal this past year was 75 and we did 118 and that is strictly me delivering gifts but the amount of businesses that reached out and wanted to take five kids give us a list for five kids and we'll we'll supply that all i did was move from point a to point b and get it to where it needed to be Mm -hmm. and facilitate the uh, structure so this year we're assuming that we're going to be much larger the the thing with growth is you you 
you find out that you're not ready for growth necessarily. Uh, Time to so, bring on some more people. Yeah, exactly. So we we actually help Sullivan and Washington counties in East Tennessee. I help several kids over there. I've got people in Chattanooga that have requested help. I've got people in Memphis that have requested help. Uh, so we are mostly local, but I don't turn any any kid down at all. Uh, I've had we've helped in North Dakota, uh, North Carolina, Pittsburgh. Uh, and these are just people that have found our website, not our Facebook page, but our website. And and what they're telling me is there's there's nothing out there for them. There's there's not in those areas or our area or anything like that. As I said, there's plenty of foster closets, and I don't want to say disorganized. That's that's not how I mean that. Mm-hmm. But but there's there's not a collective resource to go to to get help. In that regard, we are pretty uh, unique as far as what we've been able to build. Well, I mean, the kids always, you know, can use backpacks and stuff, clothing, sure. shoes, you know, toiletries, things of that nature. But the bigger items, like you said, beds, special rocking chairs, uh, you yeah, know, all yeah. of those, you, you don't think of those things that the foster families yeah. uh, would actually need to, to help. Because a lot of times these kids come in, they don't have a whole lot of information or a lot of history with them. So True. they're learning as as they go along. And needs pop up. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's allocated funds, but then there's extra stuff that comes with that. If, if a child comes into the system and has special needs mm-hmm. or has to have some kind of adjustments to schedules, well, foster parent may have to reduce hours at work, for example, mm-hmm. or change schedules or in some cases, if the just not work at all and, and there so the income isn't <laughs> the well, subsidy it, isn't there yeah and, as, and, as and an extra do, i guess the foster parents do get a subsidy from the state sure. uh, for that but it's it's never enough obviously because especially right. when you have several if you're, you have several kids in your home but still it's it's unexpected things that pop up like that and a special need that you might have to you can't just go out and buy or the right. state's not going to give it to you so organizations like yours and of course the foster family assistance uh, network is amazing resource that you need to get on everybody's list yeah we would love that uh we (laughs) would love to have it's taken uh, we're in year seven and like i said we've got about 2400 people on our facebook page and we started with one which was Mm -hmm. me so it's taken that long to grow to 2400 but at this point the more uh, to your to your point the more you are out there and the bigger you are the more people see the resource and want to use it Mm -hmm. uh which is fantastic we'll help if I could help all 9,000 kids in the system, we, we would do it without hesitation. So uh, a lot of things people, one thing people don't know, there's there's a whole nother side to foster care in kinship placement. So if a child comes into foster care, but they get placed with uh, an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, mm-hmm. they're, they're typically, I'm not saying all the time, but typically there's no subsidy for that. Uh, so they're kind of on their own, right? And I do help a lot with those okay. individuals oh, as well. Yeah, and it's kind of a most people don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's there's no uh, now the medical the medical side of things is is generally taken care of, but needs as far as clothing allotments or the, the subsidy is just not there. Sure. So they're kind of on their own with that. So we do a lot of work with kinship placement as well. Oh, that's so. interesting. I, I totally forgot about that aspect of it, but it is very important because you're you're basically having a relative thrown in your lap that you weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, you, you know? and you're doing the right thing. You're, you're 
taking Absolutely. the child and helping and, and keeping all that it in the family, keeping all that in the family and all that, but might be unaware that you're not going to get <laughs> the subsidy to help. Yeah. Uh, and that comes with a lot of times it's a grandparent. Let's just being honest. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's a grandparent who may be retired already. They're on a fixed income. Yes. Bringing in a four year old and everything that comes with that is uh is a challenge absolutely and then to find out or to realize you're not getting a, a a subsidy or an assistance with that can be daunting for sure is this something that the government can help you with i mean how, how can the, can they get involved the government themselves let's see in a good way <laughs> yeah 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 i'm with you <laughs> we have i like individual relationships how's that yeah uh so i have some people that work for dcs that i'm that i'm in constant contact that utilize my resource mm-hmm. so i I would say as a government entity, I haven't discovered that route yet, okay. uh, but as individual, as an individual resource to people in the system, uh, they know I'm there and they, they utilize when they need to. Well, there's a lot of agencies that are out there that are helping you know, a- adoption and, and foster yes. kids. And it's just reaching out to all these organizations and becoming a resource for them, even though they're a resource, but you can resource them. <laughs> we've, we've actually uh, just kind of discovered again it's kind of a fluid thing right uh, i don't know everything i'd like to think i do but i yeah. don't so we've just recently realized the that crisis pregnancy centers there's uh, one here in hendersonville one in springfield stuff like that. i mean they're mm-hmm. all over the amount of foster children or foster youth that are aging out or are 16 and up that are involved in these centers mm-hmm. it, the need's great you know i don't i don't just want to peddle statistics but you can trace homelessness the sex trades the criminal criminal behavior teenage pregnancy when you trace it all back there's a significant portion of that that's attributed to foster care kids that have been in homes more than five homes for example the percentage of those children that graduate high school is it's minuscule Mm-hmm. Uh, to say the least so you know when when somebody ages out of foster care with basically s- bye bye uh, yes. Well, what a lot of people don't know is they can stay in foster care as an adult. Is that right? You can. Yes. It's called extended foster care. Okay. There are some requirements that like the state wants to see you working, but they will help you with rent. Okay. Uh, they will help you through school if you go to college and stuff like that. The problem is not only do a lot of people not know that, but when they're talking to a 17 year old that, that has been in this system for five or six or 10 years, they just want to go. They've been told what to do, where to live, how to be their entire life. And now they're about to be 18 and they can go do what they want to do. Yeah. So they run. They run from the system. It, it is our goal in our in our future mission statement to to be a resource for the aging out group. Well, it's very important that you, that you say that because I think a lot of people do forget those kids that age out. Now, here it's 18. Mm-hmm. In the state of Florida, they raised it to 21. Right. When they age out there, which I think is interesting because by most of the time, those kids don't even know how to boil water. Yeah. Well, they've survived. They haven't been a lot of times haven't been taught anything but survival. Yeah. So the longer they can stay in and the more financial resources they can have, the better. Absolutely. Uh, This is such an important topic that I'm sure we can talk for hours on just keep doing what you're doing man because it's it, it's really making a difference and it, it has to make you feel good when you're able to supply somebody with a, a need 
such as you're offering. So I think it's equally rewarding as it is uh, disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> Just to right, be honest yeah. with it, I I pull up to some places and I'm feeling really good about what I'm about to do, and then I hear some story and I'm like, yeah. when I get in the car and I just I'm yeah. destroyed the whole way back. But it, I use that as motivation. Yeah. It just uh, keep moving on. Uh, man. If I got a nice bed to sleep in, for example, yeah. this is kind of my mindset. If I've got a nice bed to sleep in, then every kid should have a nice bed. Dude, I'm not special. So sure. uh, if I got to stay up late, drive late, do things differently, whatever the case, I have to do for. For, for children, I, I will pretty much do. And uh, wow, that's uh, it. We would love any support, all support. Follow the page. I post everything on Facebook. Well, keep doing what you're doing. We're going to try to get people to follow you. And we're talking with Anthony Poteet, Foster Families Assistance Network. Uh, you need to go over to the website. Tons of information there, fosterfamilyassistance.com. And just search for them on Facebook. You'll find them there. I, I appreciate you coming and enlightening us uh, on this, the, the resource that we have available. Great things are going to happen. We just have to keep moving forward and yes, hopefully sir. we can curb this foster care kind of situation and well, get thank people you. real homes. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it. As, as I was saying to you, uh, May is National Foster Care Awareness Month, so this couldn't be a better time to get on our site and see some of the see some of the things that can be done absolutely. and what needs to be done. Absolutely. So thank and you for having us on. Absolutely. And, and folks, you, you can help them out. It's going to be a great cause and it's going to make you feel good doing it. So appreciate you uh, joining us for another edition of Summer County Spot. Spotlight heard each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and sponsored by our good friends at FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville, for all of your banking needs. See, I did pretty good on that. So, this is Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next week with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.